The Capitals fall to the Canes in the Stadium Series game. Now what? Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Capitals. It's been my belief, and I've spoke about it on this podcast last week, um, mentioning that this last week was going to be an interesting measuring stick, a litmus test, if you will, to see what this Capitals team had. Is it enough? Do they need to make moves? Or ultimately, are they contenders, period? We'll talk about that in the show, and then we will hear from the players. Ultimately, what do they believe is going wrong? And then we'll talk about the games ahead and what moves the Caps should make, if any. But just to get it going here, your Washington Capitals do, in fact, fall to the Carolina Hurricanes in a game that I thought, you know what, this should be the game that they win on a big stage. You know, it was on ABC and ESPN, and it was a national game that this would be a good game to show what this team had. I mean, it was all the fanfare. The Caps showed up in the yellow school bus with their varsity jackets on, and, you know, it just was like, okay, this is this has just got the vibe that I'm looking for. This team is going to crush it out there. And, uh, you know, they saw the tailgating going on out there and all the Caps fans that drove there, the crazy traffic. Wow, this would be a really great way to show the Canes who's boss. Ultimately, they, they, that didn't happen, and the Hurricanes showed why they are in first place in the Metro Division. They take down the Caps by a score of 4-1. to one. So a lot of the different things that I hear from different people, you know, whether it be on Twitter or YouTube or just listening to the different podcasts, is they say, well, if Alex Ovechkin was in there, he would have made all the different. The Capitals would have probably won that game in the Stadium Series game against the Hurricanes. Not the case in my assessment, unless he scored, you know, a lot more goals. I mean, if it was a one goal or two goal game, I could see where you're coming from. But when it's a deficit of four to one, it seems highly unlikely to me. And I think that Caps fans and the Capitals players uh, need to stop using excuses of, well, we're missing all these players that's why we're playing poorly. Because if you take a look at the month of December and what they were able to, to do without Wilson in the lineup, without Backstrom and Darcy Kemper, how did they find a way to win all these games when it was backup Charlie Lindgren in net, who was the brick wall in there? What it is for me is that the Capitals in December, um, it was all, all of them pulling on that collective rope. They all wanted to win. And I just think to a certain extent that this team right now, even though you saw Wilson come back for the first time in a while in this last game, and he's the only one that showed up on the score sheet, 
that it's not enough. You see Wilson back, you see, see Backstrom back, but the Caps are playing worse than they've ever played. What is the root cause? And I know that a lot of the knee-jerk reaction out there is to say, well, it's Peter Laviolette, the winningest U.S.-born coach. It's his fault, but ultimately, is that really the case? It just seems uh, to a certain extent that this lineup has, you know, kind of lived out its term. And I'm not saying that they should move on from Ovechkin, Backstrom, or anything like that, but there are some big pieces on this team that they might need to move on from. And where I guess I would start is on the blue line. As we know, John Carlson is the only player on the blue line under contract after this season. On the last podcast, I spoke of Dmitry Orloff and how there's some sticking points there about uh, how they're trying to come together in the middle, the agent and and uh, Brian McClellan, that is, on term or the length of the deal. Um, so the question is, is if they're not able to come to terms with Dmitry Orloff, of course they would be better off uh, to move him uh, before July 1st, before the Caps get nothing. So that is the question. If I'm going to start making any moves I'm going to start doing it there. And as you take a look at this game, I mean, there was problems galore. And uh, just taking a look at it, as they took the ice outdoors at Carter-Finley Stadium, the Washington Capitals saw themselves get outskated and ultimately outplayed in a 4-1 to stadium series loss that, again, spoke volumes and sent a direct message to the team that this kind of play won't cut it if they want to be a playoff team come April. And that is, puts the Caps in an interesting position, doesn't it? Because as we take a look at it here, there are 24 games left in the season, and they're just out of playoff position, but time is short to turn things around. Um, And I think that if the Capitals had any grander plans of making a push, they're going to have to pretty much win all the games for the rest of the season, because as it stands right now, they are in sixth place in the Metro Division. The Islanders and Bo Horvat have jumped ahead of them. So the Caps have 62 points, the Islanders 63, the Penguins 63. And who's running away with it? The Rangers, Devils, and Hurricanes. The Rangers 75 points, Devils 77, and the Hurricanes 82 Suffice to say, I don't think that anyone is going to catch the Hurricanes most likely in the Metro Division. I guess it's possible the Devils obviously stand the best chance there, but I understand you don't have to win the division to win it all. But I'm just saying, based on the play that we're seeing out on the ice, I just find it highly improbable that they're going to do it. They lost, this last week was deplorable. They lost against the Sharks. They lost two of them against the Canes. They lost a game against the Florida Panthers. What what is going to change in this team that's going to set them afire and put them in the right direction? How do they rekindle the feelings they had in the month of December and have that in the months of February and March as we go forward. Um, this, If the Caps do miss the playoffs, this will be the first time in a long time that they've missed it. It was when Adam Oates was coach, and subsequently uh, they fired him, and it was Barry Trotz after that. So we can kind of see the writing on the walls, and I'm not trying to draw any comparisons that they should get rid of Peter Laviolette. I ultimately don't think... Uh, that it's his fault per se. I just think that, uh, you know, this core um, is aging and and it's starting to show its age. And um, what are they going to do going forward? Are they going to have enough in the tank to do anything? Because they are running out of time. And ultimately, what uh, do the Capitals do here? Um, And uh, that puts them in an interesting position, doesn't it? Because as we take a look at it, Uh, If you take a look at the month of December, you saw a team that was engaged. You saw a team that was on fire, 
But for me, it just seems like they are running out of room. Uh, again, I don't have a calculator in front of me here right now, but they would have to go on a tear to even make a push and even make it into the playoffs. I understand that, you know, the Islanders and the Penguins could go on a losing streak and say the Capitals catch fire. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's improbable, and that is a tough thing for the Capitals as they go forward. Again, I was really hoping that they were going to find a way to win at least that stadium series game. Again, a big statement when it would have been on a grand scale to say, yes, this team still has what it takes in the tank, uh, but ultimately they fell up short. All right, so after the break here, we are going to hear from the players what to do the Capitals players themselves think is going on. We'll talk about that next. next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now, I've been taking it for several months, and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. Now, I personally take it because I have young children at home, and maybe you can relate. If you have kids home, you need that boost of energy. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional service. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment, we know that the Capitals played poorly, but ultimately, what do they think is going on and do they think that they can fix it? Uh, it is an interesting question out there as the Caps move forward and they try to find answers and, and, and to see ultimately what do the players themselves uh, think is going wrong. Tom Wilson starts it off here. He says, we've got to get our conf confidence back. We got to get our swagger back. There's no time to waste and it's an important time of year. This isn't good enough. Obviously we need to get back to work. And I would say one of the players of biggest impact on this team that's been noticed this season is Tom Wilson. He has missed the lion's share of the season, his physicality, his goal scoring touch. He was in the top three with the Capitals and goal scored last season. So you know, you take Ovi out and you take Wilson out. Um, those are those are tough goals to replace. And there's not a, a lot of players on the Capitals right now that are up for filling that role. I mean, you take a look at it. Mojo, last I checked, was number two on the team in goals. And the year before that, Kuzi was in the mix. So there is some difficult questions for the Caps going forward. Um, and I, I agree with Tom Wilson's assessment that they are running out of time. Um, it would have helped if he was in the lineup. I understand that that is not his issue. Uh, TJ Oshie goes on to say the answer to getting some swagger 
bigger back is to get wins and to get wins. We need to play playoff style hockey. And if there is one guy for me, that's leading the charge, it's TJ Oshie. This guy plays bigger than anyone out there. And he is not afraid of taking on some of the biggest guys out there. He is, he could be a captain of a team. He's got that leadership quality out there. If you take a look at it, he was going to take on Kachuk in that game against the Florida Panthers, a fight that he probably would have lost, uh, if I'm being honest. But he had that fearlessness um, to take on the biggest opponent. He's also a great playmaker and a scorer, uh, ultimately fell up short. My biggest problem uh, with TJ Oshie is his he's injured. And I know that that's not always his fault, but some of it is because of the fact that he plays bigger than he is. And subsequently, sometimes he gets injured. So TJ Oshie, you know, we need him contributing, but maybe kind of tone down some of the aspects of his game, just considering the fact that he is a bit prone uh, to being injured. Um, and then we take a look at it. We're kind of running out of room here, Oshie said. Concern, I don't think concern is the right word, but our playoff hockey probably starts in this next week here. Otherwise, we're going to be outside looking in. It's more realization that we need everyone playing a playoff style if we're going to climb back into this. And that's, that's the thing are that, you know, I don't think you're ever going to hear from a player and say, you know, we're doomed. We're done. There's a lot of pride in that locker room uh, with TJ Oshie and Ovi and Wilson and all those guys. I don't think you're ever going to hear until it's over until the final dagger is put in and uh, they are eliminated from playoffs that it is over. And I do think that ultimately they want to be in the playoffs. It's just, they have to clean up their play, but uh, can they do it? Do they have it within that locker room to, to clean up that play and do an, a complete about face? When I make these assessments that I think they're probably on the outside looking in on the playoffs, that's not, I would love to be wrong. I would love them to go on a tear and just light it up and make it into the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup. Let's get crazy out there. But ultimately, I don't think that they have what it takes this year to do things like that. So it does put them in a tough position. And, uh, you know, just taking a look at some of the different players, if when you start hearing the frustration from them, that is when you know uh, things are going, uh, you know, off the rails here. Laviolette focused on the competitive mismatch between the Capitals, who saw a slower and offensively challenged in Hurricanes, uh, who he described as the more defensively minded and faster team. This in RMNB, he said they were faster. We couldn't, we couldn't get breakaway speed out of our end. We couldn't get through the neutral zone offensively. They were quick to defend. We couldn't get off the walls. We couldn't get to the front of the net. They played at a different gear. We didn't crank it up offensively like we would like to. We found ourselves just chasing them and chasing the game. It was not the performance we wanted. It has to do with, you know, the speed in which we move our legs, the speed in which we move the game, the speed in which we move the puck. And, um, you know, taking a look at it, are they going to move on from Laviolette in the offseason? Sometimes that's the easy knee-jerk reaction to do. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. His record, record speaks for himself, uh, for itself rather. I mean, the winningest U.S.-born coach. You know, that's not that's you know a pretty uh, tall uh, thing to say. That is quite a statistic. That is quite an accolade. So I don't know if necessarily it's Peter Laviolette's fault. I just think that is it the players that are on this team, they've tried to keep this nucleus together for so many years. Is it finally time for them to have some come to terms with where they're at? You know what I'm saying? Uh, are they going to have to finally realize that this team, this aging core that's been together, this rock the red era, you know, thinking fondly back to the 2018 Stanley Cup, is it finally reached its end? 
Again, I'm not saying they should move on from Ovechkin or Backstrom or Wilson, but some of the pieces, perhaps Lars Eller, Anthony Mantha, I've heard TJ Oshie kicked out there and some of these bigger players um, just ultimately not getting it done. You know, this reminds me a lot of the Washington Nationals and what they went through. You know, they moved on from Soto and Scherzer and Trey Turner and Josh Bell. Why? Because, well, for one, they weren't going to be able to get him under new contracts. But number two is what was going on on the field was not cutting it. Are the Capitals going to have to face that same realization that what is going on on the ice is not good enough? Um, Tough questions going forward, and I hope uh, that the Capitals can figure it out. But uh, my question is, is if they have enough time. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about the schedule ahead and what moves I think the Capitals should make. I'll talk about that next. Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sports app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Even guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Wizards game. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. Exciting. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So just taking a look here at the schedule and what lies ahead for the Capitals. So the next game that we have here um, is against the Detroit Red Wings, and that is on Tuesday, Thursday against a pretty poor Anaheim Ducks team, and then Saturday, a formidable opponent in the form of the New York Rangers. So One of the things I want to get into is the Capitals have got to capitalize and win on all of these games. They can never underestimate their opponent. I know it would be easy to take a look at the game on Thursday against Anaheim and say that is one of the worst teams in the NHL. That should be easy. We, that can kind of remember, we can hearken back to what happened uh, when they lost to the San Jose Sharks and what happened there. You have got to be prepared for your opponent, no matter who they are. The Anaheim Ducks are hungry to win. They're, it's a team full of NHL-grade players that's just not playing up to their full potential, and they would love nothing more than to beat the Capitals. The Capitals have got to take their opponents seriously. Uh, that's one of the things that I think is kind of happened here recently. Again, you know, they they went into that game against the Bruins and they were just pumped and psyched. And they're like, we've got to win this game against the Bruins. Against all odds, the number one team at the time in the NHL. And uh, they found a way to beat them, defying all odds. No one thought the Capitals were going to beat the Bruins. They just didn't think it was going to happen. But the Capitals found a way to do it. So see what I mean? Intrinsically, they have it. But then the next game against the San Jose Sharks, which are next to the bottom in the Pacific, they lost to them. And then they lost to the Hurricanes. And then they lost to the Panthers and the Hurricanes again. So it's all about taking your opponent seriously. The next one on the radar is the Detroit Red Wings Tuesday night. 
They have got to be prepared and they've got to be in the mindset that I must win this game. There is no other option other than victory if they want to make a push for the playoffs. That is the deal here. The same thing goes for Anaheim, and you just have to look at it incrementally. You can't widen that lens too much. You just have to have laser focus on your next opponent. In this case, it's the Red Wings, and then it's on to Anaheim. And I don't want anyone playing half-cocked against the Ducks because they're a poor team. They have got to put their foot down and really take it to that Anaheim's Ducks team. That's what it's all about if they want to have any chance at making a push here. Um, And then it's just on to the next one. It's on to the Rangers. And hopefully they can find a way to beat the Rangers. That would be another statement win. It is a Metro Division game, so those points would be the best, right? So that's what they have to do going forward. So just to wrap up this segment and talk about, you know, what I saw over the weekend and what my projections are for the Caps here is just they're going to have to do some soul searching and see what is out there. Ultimately, I think the Caps would be best to be in the seller's market. I don't think that buying at this point is going to get them over the top. Even if they would have gone out and picked up Bo Horvat and Tarasenko and this guy and that guy, I ultimately don't know if this year's team, even with those additions, would have been enough. I think it would have made them better, but uh, I think that ultimately when you make moves like that, you have to do it if you're on the verge of contending. You know, you take a look at the Islanders, who at the time were even below the Capitals, They went out and signed Bo Horvat and subsequently has bolstered them and pushed them up. Is it going to be enough for them? Does Lou Lamarillo have something else up his sleeve that he's going to do before the trade deadline or on the trade deadline? He never really kind of divulges what he's thinking, so it's possible. So you could see that Islanders team keep pumping up. The Penguins, that's another team of weakness. I think that you know if they went on a losing streak, they could get knocked down. It's going to come down to... Uh, the Hurricanes and the Devils, in my assessment. I think that unless the Devils fall on their face, it's theirs to be in at least second place and finish out the Metro that way. Um, so some tough things here. Um, you know, as far as players that the, the Capitals should most likely move on from, uh, I, you know, it's the common ones. You know, you think of Eller and Mantha. Um, but then I heard some interesting things from uh, Justin Trudell, who works from Nova Caps. He was saying the Caps roster situation is the best possible scenario for selling. You still have core pieces under contract. Selling off guys like Orloff, Jensen, Gustafson, Shiri, and Johansson could help bolster the Caps farm system and could be used to acquire new younger players. Again, that was Justin Trudell of the Nova Caps. He tweeted that out. We were tweeting back and forth there for a little bit, talking about our thoughts on the Caps. And I do agree with his assessment that I think the Capitals have to be in the mindset now of what's next. What's next year? What is the future of this team going to look for, uh, look like? Is it going to be Hendricks, LaPierre, and Connor McMichael uh, in the lineup? I've heard rumblings out here that the Capitals might be uh, thinking about moving on from Hendricks, LaPierre. Uh, it's all, all the rumor mill, ultimately. Uh, but I am hearing this from different NHL insiders, and I've heard it from just some different fans on Twitter that, for whatever reason, that the Caps might be a little bit discontent with uh, Hendricks, LaPierre, and how he's playing. Um, I guess, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all just ch- and it's all just gossip. But I do think that, you know, with some of these players, they're going to have to move on from some of them to get a bigger piece. 
And uh, I do agree with um, uh, Justin Trudell's assessment here. He also drew a comparison to what the Kings did and how that wasn't too painful for them. Um, so it is an interesting thing going forward. I do think the Capitals will have to move on for some big pieces. Again, if I was going to start anywhere, I would start with Eller Mantha, and then I would kind of assess the blue line. Which of these players on the blue line am I going to target to bring back? And if it doesn't seem like it's within reach, then move on from them. You know, if this team doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere, what difference does it make ultimately anyway? Let's put our eyes on the future. Let's, you know, have our eyes on next year's Capitals and the year after that, because that's what it's all about is improvement. I know that the Caps... They, they want to win it all, and they want to win a Stanley Cup. And I know a lot of the fans believe it's going to happen this year. I'm just going to say if they do it, it's going to be a tall task, and they're really going to have to start winning games consistently on a consistent basis. And, you know, they have that game against the Wings, and they have the, the game against the Ducks. Those are the two games they should win. And then you take a look at the Rangers game, the bookend game of the weekend. That is going to be a tall task. But if they could find a way to beat the Rangers, that would be one of those bolstering moments, that swagger. But uh, is it a little bit too much, a little bit too late? That is the question. At the end of the day, my eyes are kind of looking to the future. Um, I mean, again, I would love to be wrong and to see this Caps team go on just this rampage and win a bunch of games and prove it myself and everyone else wrong. But I just don't believe right now, as I record this on Sunday, that that is going to be the case. I think that you're going to start to see moves. I don't think tear it down to the studs. I'm not getting crazy here. Uh, but I do think that you're going to see, you know, several pieces move from this team, either on the trade deadline or on July 1st in the offseason. It's just they have to retool this team uh, to make them competitive again. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Homie, and I'll talk to you again next time.